1: Steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. We'll get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. lead to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with. an enormous victory. Left side of the line, Hood standing to Williams' right. Williams gonna throw, one-on-one, Davis has it, touchdown! Carolina wins, Carolina is the Coastal Division champion! Bernard fields it at the 26, heading to the far side, Gio at the 35, Gio, he's at the 50, no he's not, yes he is! For the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good. It's good. Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Good gosh,
0: darn it! This is the Heel Tough Blog Pod. Hey guys, and welcome in to this edition of the Heel Tough Vlog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. And today, we are joined by a special guest. It is Kent Lee Platty, uh, who of course comes uh, from the Pro Football Network, uh, does uh, some development stuff from there for them and NFL analytics. And of course, the, the place that most of you probably know him from, he is the creator of the Relative Athletic Score. Uh, And, Kent, first of all, I wanted to ask you uh, how uh, are you doing? Uh, How's the family doing and everything? It seems like we're getting past COVID here, but I still like to ask that from everybody that comes on about how everybody's holding up during uh, one of the craziest times that we've had over this last year and a half.
1: Yeah, pretty good. I mean, everybody's kind of holding their own. It, it helps that it's finally like eighty degrees out, so I'm just hanging
0: out outside for a bit. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that one, man. I feel you on that one. It is great to have some summer weather around here uh, after just a brutal uh, winter, uh, especially here uh, in the Charlotte area. But uh, so, for some people that are wondering, you know, what is the relative athletics score? How do you sort of compile this, and and what was the reasoning behind you wanting to put together these scores to try? To break down some of these athletes, when you first got into it,
1: relative athletic score is a zero to ten score that I created. It covers uh, compares rather an athlete's athletic testing to every player at their position, so it's relative. Um, over the last 35 years, it's, it's over 21,000 prospects now uh, in the database and it, it just assigns a 0 to 10 grade based on how they compare to their position group uh, for each of those, those combine metrics. So you know, your 40, your bench, for broad, all that stuff. Uh, it then takes all of those and compiles that into a final score, which is also a 0 to 10 score, uh, just to give a relative idea for fans where that player tested athletically. It's a lot easier to understand a zero to ten number than it is. Well, he ran a four or five eight and a thirty and a half inch and you know, a four or five shuttle. You know, that doesn't tell you a lot if you're a layman, if you're a fan that just just follows the NFL casually, and even if you're a hardcore guy who follows the NFL, that's a lot of numbers to keep track of. So putting a a zero to ten on it helps out a lot. It makes it a lot easier to understand. Um, I started doing. I mentioned with guys like Le'Veon Bell, you always have those buzzwords, you know, guys quick but not fast, or he's explosive, and things like that. They don't really mean anything. Um, you know, for, for fans, that's just that's just noise. Just a lot of noise that goes on. Uh, I wanted to put a number on it because I felt it was a lot, a lot more useful, a lot, a lot, uh, a lot easier to understand and meaningful from a, a fan standpoint from an evaluator standpoint. Uh, being able to look at those guys in comparison to their position groups just because it gives you a better idea of how athletic
0: they are. When we talk about some of the Toriel prospects in this draft class, I think the biggest one that a lot of people want to know about right now because we've seen over the last couple of weeks that he sort of solidified himself as the guy that's probably going to go first off the board is running back Javante Williams. Now there was some concern around him by by some people, when uh, he when his pro day happened, um, that you know he ran a little bit slow. It doesn't seem like you're quite in that camp as well. You were one of the main people that was trying to tell people on social media, "Let's calm this down because this young man has a chance to be a a, a really good player." Are you you know still looking at him as a guy that's in that competition for one of the top three running backs on
1: the board, or, or where are you sitting with him at this point? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the reasons I started doing relative athletic scores way back in 2013 was because of a guy like Le'Veon Bell that people would say, oh, he's not hes not athletic enough and da-da-da. But it was just because of his 40-time. Uh, and Javante Williams is pretty much in the same boat. He didn't run a really fast 40, but you watch him on tape, He doesn't. he's not a fast guy. Like, that's not how he wins on the football field. I'm not super concerned that he didn't run a really fast 40 because I didn't expect him to run a really fast 40. Uh, but he's got great size, great explosiveness, and the athletic traits are still there just because the speed isn't. You know, that's not what you're getting with him anyway, so that's not something to be concerned about.
0: Well, when you look at his teammate, Michael Carter, it's a little bit different. Uh, more of a smooth running back that can sort of make some nice cuts in the open field. And we saw that as he sort of you know, got went through his time at Carolina, really developed, especially his last two seasons. When you look at Michael Carter, I think right now he's kind of in that second tier of running backs. Is that kind of where you have him as well, below guys like Najee Harris, Javante, and, and Travis Etienne?
1: Yeah, and I love Michael Carter, man. He's one of my favorite running backs in the draft class. That's like you said, he's just so smooth as a runner. You really saw that in his agility drills. He had some of the best agility drills in the entire draft class. Um, he's a, another guy that didn't run super fast, but you know, you, you're not really getting that either. You're getting a guy that's quick, a guy that, that can move in, in open space. I think his testing really showed the type of back that he is in that way. So not quite the overall athlete as Jonathan Williams is, not quite the overall runner either, uh, but a completely different type of back, and I think that's perfectly fine if that's the kind of guy you're looking for.
0: Well, when you go to wide receiver, I think the guy that everybody is talking about right now and another guy that I've seen sort of sailing up some of these draft boards is Tiami Brown? This, as expected, though, is a, well, another packed wide receiving class as it seemed to be over the last couple of years. So, where do you think Javante Williams, or excuse me, Tiami Brown, fits in this class? And do you think that he's the guy that we could see go in the first two days of the draft?
1: Yeah, he's probably in that second tier of guys. You mentioned it's a really strong class. It is. It's another really strong class. We've got a couple of those recently. Um, the first tier has just got a lot of guys in it, so it's kind of hard to pin down where Naomi Brown's going to go. Um, I've seen some people putting him as high as the first round. I don't quite think he's going to go that early. Uh, but I find it hard to think that he's going to fall out of the second day. I think I think he's a very solid second or third round pick at receiver, uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful that that's where he goes. I feel like that's a perfect spot for him.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. You know, when you move on to uh, his wide receiver running mate, a guy that had a ton of success at Carolina, but probably is the guy that's going to be the last of the former Tar Heels picked in this draft. In Daz Newsome, you know, his numbers really weren't all that great. His relative athletic score that you had for him was rather low. But when you look at Daz Newsome, is this still a guy that you think could be picked in those mid to late rounds by a team that really just wants a a good, reliable slot receiver? Yeah, and
1: that's where you end up seeing guys like that is in your fifth, 6th and 7th rounds. Guys that aren't, aren't super traitsy, but they're smart on the football field. They got good hands. Yeah, those are the types of, of guys that get picked up a little bit later in the draft. Um, this is probably not a, a premier slot receivers. Not those kind of guys that you're going to think, oh, he can overcome overcome those, those lack of traits really early. I don't really think he's being viewed that way by the NFL. Um, most likely he's going to end up in that later day three. And that's perfectly fine, because like you said, he's a slot guy. A lot of teams need slot receivers. It's not a a super high-value position, uh, but you can find snaps that way. And I think he's got a good shot of getting into an NFL offense fairly early in his career uh, if he lands in the right spot.
0: Well, and and then you head over to the defensive side of the ball. And the Tar Heels have one prospect on that defensive side of the ball. That's linebacker Chaz Serrat, a guy that... You know, When we talked about him a little bit last year, a lot of people thought he was right on the fringe of being a Day 1 prospect, fell into Day 2 as the year went along, and now seems to be hinging on that Day 2, Day 3 conversation. When you look at him, why is he a guy that's kind of moving down some of those boards, And, and do you think that part of it may be the fact that we just don't know exactly what his fit is going to be in an NFL defense?
1: Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head with some of those points. You know, it, people aren't really sure where he's going to fit in the NFL, NFL defense. Yeah, he tested a lot better, I think, than a lot of people expected him to. He, he tested out with a pretty good athletic score overall. Uh, a lot of people didn't expect him to test very well, and he ended up proving a lot of those doubts wrong. Uh, but at the same time, you're talking about a guy that's going to be a 24-year-old rookie and a lot of teams do take that into consideration. And I'm not quite sure where his fit's going to be in the NFL. There's a lot of teams that use guys like him, uh, but they don't value linebackers that highly. So it's kind of tough to pin down exactly where he could go. You know, it could be as early as second round, could be as late as fifth.
0: Well, it's one of my favorite things to use is the relative athletic score. Tell them where they can check out all your stuff, Kent, because uh, I think it's something that if you're looking at these draft prospects, if you're wanting to keep up with these Tario guys, you got to know these numbers.
1: Yeah, you can find everything on uh, relativeathleticscores.com, or I I just changed the domain, so it's ras.football. I think that's a little bit easier to remember. Um, You can also check me out at profootballnetwork.com. I'm the analytics director, and I work on the uh, application development for them. Uh, So you can check me out to either of those places, all these cards and these scores and things that we're we're talking about. You can find all of those uh, on my website at ras.football.com. Uh, The last 35 years' worth of testing, data. So go out and check out your favorite players. Great
0: stuff, man. Great stuff. We appreciate you stopping by with us and talking with us. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. We look forward to uh, not only seeing our guys here this year, but uh, probably a lot more Tar Heels going forward as Mac Brown and his group continue to build uh, a a great group of young men that are going to be producing some real great NFL talent over the next couple of years.
1: Fantastic, man. Have a good one. All
0: right. Thanks, Ken all right so that's Kent Lee Platy of uh, the uh, as as, a, as he said uh, pro football network he does the analytics stuff for them over there uh, just a fantastic job that he does with that and of course the relative athletic score you guys uh Definitely want to check those out when it comes to some of these Tar Heel draft prospects. Some really great stuff uh, and and great to talk to him. We're going to have you covered over the next couple of days here. As we go throughout the draft process, we're going to have uh, a couple other draft guys come on with us uh, before the draft. And then we're going to recycle it and talk a little bit about the fits that some of these guys are going to have with their new team. So we'll go ahead and go over all that stuff for you to get you guys a good look at the former Tar Heels as they move on to the NFL. And of course, during that time as well, we're also going to have some great guests on. We're going to have uh, you know, a, a, a really great conversation with Lee Pace. And we're also working on trying to get Matt Schick from ESPN to stop by with us as well. So some great stuff potentially on the horizon. And make sure that you guys don't miss any of those editions of the podcast. You can find it on any of your major podcasting platforms, uh, Google, iTunes, uh, or Apple Podcasts. Still do that. Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, uh, any of those sites. They've got the podcast anywhere where you listen to your podcast. It is up there right now. So make sure you rate, review, and subscribe when you find the podcast. Rating and reviewing moves us up some of those rankings so that people that haven't found the podcast just yet can go ahead and track it down and then uh, you can also make sure to check out uh, you know, or hit that subscribe button and when you hit that subscribe button it will put all of these into your podcast library so whenever there's a new edition of the podcast you can go ahead and play it no problem. Uh, of course make sure that you guys check out the website as well HeelToughBlog.com that's a place where you can check out the podcast but you can also check out all of the latest storylines all of the latest articles that we Have up there on the website. When it comes to the football side of things, we've had you guys covered. Of course, we had your preview for the spring game. Now there's plenty of stuff on the website for the recap. We've got the original recap, which of course gives you the takeaways from uh, the spring game. Uh, Then we have a position by position look at the performances in the spring game, what it means at those positions. And we have some news that we broke to you guys last night after Inside Carolina, of course, originally broke the news. We gave you the news as well and sort of told you how it is going to affect the Tar Heels when they lost Kadri Jackson to the Transfer Portal. So all that stuff up on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. You can make sure to check out all of that. Also, make sure that you go to that Facebook page, Heel Tough Blog on Facebook. That'll give you the articles, the podcast, everything in one central location. So make sure that you guys like and follow the Facebook page. We're also on Twitter at Heel Tough Blog. Follow me on Twitter at h 2 anthony to keep up with everything tar heel football so that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast want to thank kentley platty for dropping by with us want to thank you guys for listening and as always go tar heels